welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. What I want to talk about today was sort of the art of the deal. This goes out to anyone that is in the process of making a move. And there's an art and a science to negotiating the deal when you're moving your practice from one firm to another firm. And what we try to do as consultants is really manage that process so that you don't blow up what is arguably a a fantastic deal. And And we see that often. We have that going on a little bit this week with a couple of our clients. And what I mean by that is if you're moving from firm A to firm B, it doesn't matter the firm, you're a seller, right? Even though you're not selling your book to the firm, you're perceived as a seller. And the firm you're going to is a buyer. And like in anything, the seller wants to get as much money for whatever they're selling as they can. And the buyer wants to pay as little as they can. You have to sort of walk a fine line between being overly greedy, coming across the wrong way, and really just sort of blowing up what can be a fantastic relationship with you. Because you're going to be at this next firm, hopefully, for the rest of your career. You don't want to create any bad blood or ill will towards, if you're going into a W-2 model, you know, maybe you're going from Merrill Lynch to UBS or RBC, doesn't matter where you're going. That manager's trying to do the best that they can for their deal. And you're trying to get as much as you can for your practice when you make the move. And we just find all too often, I know everybody thinks that they're special, but sometimes you're just not that special. There's a lot of million dollar producers in the marketplace and you have to sort of be a little more humble, I guess is where I'm coming from, because a lack of humility in negotiating can actually hurt you. And we try to coach our clients in being able to push the envelope and understanding that you have a really good practice and being humble and being a good potential partner. As an example, you may be negotiating with a new branch manager or with the recruiter at a firm and you're pressing about on them on why your deal should be bigger than the last person that came in because you have more advisory business or you have more growth, a better trajectory of your business and it's going to grow and they should be paying more for your firm, you know, for your practice than the next guy. And some of that might be accurate, but the firm still has to make an investment, right? They're still taking money and they're giving you the money of making an investment in your business. And they have something called an internal rate of return that every firm wants to achieve. And you can accomplish that in a couple of different ways, but every firm has that. And if you push a firm that cuts into that internal rate of return, you might blow up a deal. And there's things that you should be doing. So, for instance, Dale, if you want to chime in any time, but there's basically two parts to a transition deal. There's lots of little parts, but the main two parts are the money that you're going to get to make the move. We'll call that the upfront dollars and the payouts that you're getting once you get there. And a lot of advisors make the mistake of pushing the envelope 
of getting as much upfront as they possibly can versus arguing about getting a higher payout or the firm investing in their practice over a 10-year period of time. So you have to walk that fine line. I get a lot of people want money. You want to hit the bid. You want to get as much money as you can up front. But sometimes to the detriment of your long-term profitability of your business. We're talking with a guy right now, and the difference in payouts between firm A and firm B is about 28 percentage points on $2 million of production. So firm A is giving the guy about $500,000 and a 60% payout, roughly. Firm B is not giving him any money, but they're giving him close to a 90% payout. And guy's getting half a million dollars. He's going to make up that half a million dollars in a very short period of time. And then he's off to the races. Then after the second or third year, which is the break even roughly, he's off to the races. And so we're trying to help this advisor not make the mistake of getting enamored with a you know a $500,000 check where he's going to be picking up 28 percentage points on $2 million every single year. Where he's running into trouble, the firm that he's going to pick up 28 basis points with, 28%, he's running the risk of pushing them too far out of their comfort zone. Right. Which is... Which already happened to the guy once before. Yeah, and he's doing it again. So... Well, tell so him what, what, well, what happened. Yeah, essentially, he doesn't have a good understanding of what the firm's comfortable with and not, and he's not listening to us when we're trying to give him guidance on on where those limitations are. And so he he already blew up a deal because he was asking way too much, way too quickly from a firm. Right. He was asking for this firm to go outside their comfort zone with what they were trying to put together, which they were actually considering doing. But when a firm, like anybody in life, when you go outside your comfort zone, overthink it because it makes you uncomfortable, you're really reluctant to do it. And any pressure someone puts on you makes you just want to run back to your comfort zone. And so what he was doing was putting pressure on the firm to make a decision, make a decision, make a decision. And the firm made a decision. They said, you know what? Forget about it. We're out. We're just walking away. And he blew a tremendous opportunity. And you would never do that with a, with a client as an advisor, right? Well, you think you wouldn't because it's the same scenario. You would never try to pressure a client to do something with the money that they just weren't comfortable with. Right. It's like we're trying to push it too far. Exactly. It's like trying to get a client to pay pay way too much for an advisory fee and they're thinking about it, they're not sure, and you keep pressuring them, pressuring them, pressuring them, and that pressure makes them feel so uncomfortable that they just say, you know what, I think we're just gonna we're gonna go in a different direction. Right. You get that one. Hey, so, I think you're great, but we're gonna go in a different direction. Part of the issue I see is what's advertised in the news when it comes to these transition deals right. is not there's not enough detail around what's really going on and advisors when trying to negotiate that stuff out will typically look at these deals and try to mimic them and not really understand what's going on behind the scenes with them. Right. Cause look, some of your buddies out there have what we call broker's math, right? So someone leaves a firm and everyone talks about what they get, what they get, what they get. And there's a little bit of broker's math there. And sometimes they round the numbers up with what they got. And then we talk to you and you're telling me, well, Bill Smith got X, Y, and Z. So that's what I should get. Or I should get more than that because I have my better practice. It's not really the case. 
when you start talking to a firm, you have to be open with them. You have to give them your information. You have to, you know, first come out with the offer. In my experience is that a firm really is never going to come out with their best offer. And the first mistake that advisors make is not understanding that and getting pissed off, getting insulted and they have the wrong attitude. You know, what we try to come into play if you're not working with an advisor, we hope you take this advice and run with it. But we'd also say that, you know, you should work with an advisor or a consultant like us. who will help you through this. Where we come into play is get you to settle settle down, try to take the emotion out of the deal because you're going to be emotionally attached to the deal. But the firm that you're going to go to isn't, right? They haven't spent 25 years building that practice, talking to those clients, dealing with clients, going to funerals, graduations, all that stuff. So I got red lights. Like we're not going through a red light district. This is just a truck in front of me. The brakes on. <clears throat> so trying to take the emotion out of it. And our advice to our clients is when they first hear a deal, just say, thank you very much. I appreciate this. It looks, looks very interesting. Don't say it looks great. Don't say this is bullshit. This is not what I thought it was going to be. Just say definitely looks interesting. I need to think about it. I need to go through my, my thought process and, analysis of what makes sense and get back to you. And then sort of look at it the next day with a clean set of eyes, unemotional. And then that's when you start talking about your deferred comp. What's the present value of your deferred comp? Guys get into make mistakes where they have a half a million dollars or, you know, say a half a million dollars in deferred comp, but they're not getting that deferred comp for 10 years. And you make the mistake by trying to get a firm to give you $500,000 of deferred comp you're not getting for 10 years, give it to you today. So you have to be reasonable. Maybe they only give you $150,000, right? Whatever the present value is of that deferred comp. Some firms will give you deferred comp in the same schedule that you're giving up. That's an ask. We call right. that an ask. So that's a good ask. Hey, look, I'm not saying give it to me all up front, give it to me in the back. However, I, you know, I'm going to be getting it from my firm. The other piece of it is, you know, talking about the payouts. If you're going independent, it's, it's all about the top line payout and the bottom line net. And so, you know, what is your payouts? A point here and there makes a lot of sense. If a firm is stuck on a specific number, if they're at 90%, maybe you want to go to 92, give them something, give them a reason to get you to 92. So maybe it's a, a hurdle that you have to hit. You know, if I come over doing a million dollars and if I get to a million five, I get a, a 2% bump on my grid. Give them something that they can build into their formulas where they can manage the internal rate of return. And if you don't hit it, then there, there's no, no skin off their back. There's no risk. And if you do hit it, congratulations, you got 92% payout. But now they've also got a producer that's doing a million five. That helps their internal rate of returns because they all bake in sort of a discount to your performance when you come over. But the key is you can't go too far with it. You can't ask for something that's way outside and right. unreasonable, right. and you will blow the deal up every time. Right? They'll walk away because, candidly, there's there's a lot of advisors out there, and well, there are a lot they, of advisors. Want, and there's there, there'll be another million dollar guy coming down the street right after you, and so you have to you have to really make them want to be your partner. Sell yourself to them as to why. You're the guy or gal that they want to go stretch the deal for because you're going to grow, you're 
you're going to be a partner, you're going to be their advocate, you're going to be the person that they can send referrals to, to pitch why they should join the firm, all of that stuff. And the last piece of it that I think that I want to just get across, being humble about it, making yourself be a good partner, not being overly greedy, but there's nothing wrong with asking for a lot. A lot of times it's just how you ask and how you react when they come back with a no or something less than you thought. And you have to listen to what they're saying. But the last piece of it, this is sort of the, I don't say a trick, but it is what it is. It's not a trick, but it's, it's the sort of, it's a tactic that I employ that helps our clients. And generally what I, what I tell advisors that are our clients that are really trying to get that last bit, what I sort of call sort of cutting into the bone of a deal. I'll tell them that I, I won't ask for that extra piece. Maybe it's $25,000 in marketing money or something a little extra. We're at 91 and we want to go to 92. That's that one piece. And so a client will say to me, Hey, look, I'm ready to go to this firm, but I really would like to get that 92% payout. That's when I go to the firm at the right time with a very specific ask and a specific close. And that means if you can give my client a 92% payout, they will join in six weeks. So they will join in four weeks. So they will join by the end of the year that you have their commitment that if you give them this, this or that, they're in. Because that gives them a something tangible. They're not bidding against themselves. They know, okay, we're there. And then that's usually when you get sort of the, it's like the cherry on top or what I call cutting into the bone where it makes the firm a little uncomfortable, right? Okay. That's how I've seen advisors get the very best out of deals by not being greedy, by being humble about who they are in their practice. But again, and being humble doesn't mean you can't be confident and sort of the art of the deal and knowing when to push, when not to push and how to react. And we've just seen so many advisors and a couple this week, and they're not dead, but it creates some hostility. And so we've seen so many advisors, at least I have over the years, blow up really, really good deals because they just got too greedy and they asked for too much. And like Dale saying, they pushed the firm too far and too fast for the firm to come to a comfortable decision. And there's less risk on a firm to just say no and walk away than to push a decision that they weren't comfortable with, right? Because a lot of times, especially if you're in a W-2 environment or a retail environment, if you push and make a bad decision, you could cost somebody their job. And so no one's going to really do that for, for anyone. Right. Anyway, we're still stuck in traffic probably for another 45 minutes or so, but that's okay. We wanted to get this out to you just because we dealt with this a lot this week and we thought it was really relevant. There's a lot of deals being made between now and the end of the year. Now is a great time to get top dollar for your business, but not if you're greedy and not if you're not humble about it and presenting yourself as a good partner for the firm you're going to. So be careful about it. If you want to talk about a deal that you're working on right now, we'd be happy to give you a consultation, no charge. Even if you've already made a decision on where you're going, Reach out to us, 856-316-4653 for Dale and 4651 for me, Frank at EliteConsultingPartners.com or Dale at EliteConsultingPartners.com. Thanks a lot. Safe driving. See you on the other side. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. 
If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.